Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market and provide 24-7 support. And their system can be used with multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. I know Coach Rodriguez uses it at East Bay and it helped them with the winning season last season. We at Lafayette are excited this upcoming season to use it and to put it to good use on our sidelines. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore. Again, check them out on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. So uh, welcome to this edition of the Mesh Point, Mesh Point Podcast. Uh, we've got Don Watt with us this afternoon. He's the head football coach at, at Sarita High School out in Arizona. Don, great to have you, man. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on and uh, be a part of this uh, podcast. Look forward to it. Well, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with some background of where you're from, where you played, and kind of you know how you got to where you're at in your coaching journey. So I'm originally from uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, went to Cal Allen High School uh, under the, the watchful eye of Phil Danaher. He is the current uh, winningest coach in, in uh, Texas football history. Uh, played out at Cal Allen High School, got a football scholarship to play at uh, Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas, uh, under John Pierce, uh, my offensive line coach at the time was uh, Robert McFarland. He's now at La Tech. Um, after we got finished at uh, Stephen F. Austin, uh, finished up my degree at uh, Texas A&M University, Kingsville, and uh, started our journey. And our journey started with uh, a student teaching stint down back at where I, uh, I cracked the egg down at Cal Allen High School. And that was a very easy transition to make. And that was a very good opportunity for me to get started into my coaching journey. Um, after that, it was, it was basically take your pick. You know, when you come from a great system that uh, Coach Danaher has, uh, has built over the years, him and his staff, uh, I decided to stay close to home and went to uh, Freer High School. And that being a little southwest Texas town, scrub brush town, if you will. And from there, it was we were off like a herd of turtles, man. We were we were going to work. And you know, as life takes, and I'm sure we'll probably get into this later, but as life takes its twists and turns, uh, I'm now found out here in uh, southern Arizona doing the uh, doing the same thing same thing that uh, that I was doing in South Texas and I can't be more happy to be in the position that I'm at right now 
Coach, that's that's an awesome journey, man. And what what's so real quick? Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about it. Uh, I'm sure it'll answer the next question. But you know, talk about what it was like to play. You know, for a guy who's the winningest coach in Texas history, because that's that's a big accolade. Uh, and I'm sure that'll roll into to, uh, to giving us a, a mentor or coach that you leaned on early in your career would be my guess. But you know, I mean, I, I mean, not a lot of people can say they played for the winningest high school coach in Texas history. So, if I can, uh, and not to to belabor the the conversation, but you know, there's so much talk these days about the process. There's so much talk these days about building a culture. And I could say that uh, more than anything, that Friday nights weren't just a football game. Friday nights was a community event. Um, having the, the stadium packed to the gills, the little boys were running around playing football off to the side, and little girls were trying to learn how to catch catch the footballs as well. And But being a part of that program, I would have to say – it, it, it's bred into you, I guess, uh, you know, right before you start going into the football system. They have a great, uh, a great system down at the middle school level where you start learning all the little intricacies of what it takes to get to where they need you to be at the freshman level. Um, so once you get up to the freshman level, you're 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 off. You are you're you're running. It's a it's a sprint, not a walk. It's chess, not checkers. Uh, you know, we were a modified wing T system. And uh, I'm sure if Coach Danaher listened to this, he would probably say, please don't give away our trade secret. So, and, and his, uh, you know, with him in mind, I'll just say that we were a modified uh, wing yeah. T system. And we were at three yards in a cloud of dust team. And that was, that was our livelihood. That was how we lived. We were good with three yards in a cloud of dust. We had a, we had a uh, – oh, there's Mouse. Mouse just walked in. Hey, Mouse. Uh, we, we were we were very pleased to have probably one of the best offensive line coaches uh, that I've ever been around, and that it's the late uh, Jim Clyburn, who – you know, you didn't – you didn't play football for him. You constantly tried to make him happy. And, and everybody's got a different type of mentor. And, you know, that's all we wanted as offensive linemen. It wasn't uh, – it, it, I'll just say that it was more than anything. It was we wanted to make Coach Clyburn happy. Didn't care about what Coach Danaher thought. We wanted to think – we thought they would make Coach Clyburn happy. And, and, you know, it was a different day and a different time. And, you know, if you did a good job, if he came up to you after the game and shaked your hand and said, you know, just good job, boy, and he walked away. And if you didn't get a handshake or a pat on the back, you know you probably didn't do something right, and you'd hear about it Saturday morning. <laughs> but uh, to be a part of that program was something else. Uh, so many lives have been changed, so many great people who have been through that program. And the funny thing is, is it hasn't changed over the years. That We can talk to the players that are currently going through the system. And it's the same exact model. It is that uh, that model of excellence that he's built up over the years. That you know, once he sees a winning hand, that he continues playing the winning hand. Right. So, translating that out to where we are, 
I looked at it and said, well, why would I want to change something if it's not broke? And that's the same exact model that we're doing out in uh, Southern Arizona, albeit with a different type of athlete, with a different type of pro, uh, different type of uh, community dynamics. And uh, we're pushing and charging straight forward. And I think it's a winning combination. I think we'll be very, very good. Speaking a little bit on that, Coach, uh, what, what are some things, uh, as you take over this program, uh, uh, this is your, your first year uh, being the head coach at Sarita, uh, what are some things that your program is going to do uh, that maybe uh, others in the area don't do? Let, let me first say this. And, and when I am explaining what we do to our football players and to their parents, we overemphasize that we're not running a football program. We're running a leadership program. And we're going to use the sport of football as a vehicle whereby we're going to teach these young men all these valuable lessons, life lessons that we hope that they would take with them outside of the, the football realm in order to be good men, excellent uh, individuals in the, in the community, uh, exemplary employees, and great, uh, great fathers. So things that we're doing different, I mean, I, you know, from day one, we instilled uh, something called the Big Four, and it was uh, beyond time. And excuse me, the big four for us is uh, the four rules that you must abide by all the time. Be on time, work hard, go to class, show your class. Uh, being on time for us is, is, is paramount. And whenever somebody isn't on time, everybody pays for it. Work hard. I mean, what, what can you ask? What, what can you ask for out of your kids? Work hard all the time. That's not just uh, not just on the football field, but it's working hard as a student, working hard as a son towards your parents. Life's kind of hard for these young men, just like it was for us. So we endeavor to teach them that you know your working hard doesn't stop once you leave the football field or once you leave the classroom. Uh, go to class. Going to class means something simple as being attentive being attentive while you're in class. We talk about being a student athlete, meaning you have to be a student before you are an athlete, and we harp on that. Not only being attentive while you're in class, but whenever you're at football practice, you have an attitude of, you know, it might be your body posture that tells you, yes, I'm here, yes, I'm ready to learn. And it's the same thing at home too. You know, there's no rolling of eyes. It's good to hear mom and dad say, I don't know what you're doing to my son, but all of a sudden he's saying yes, sir, and no, sir, and opening doors for his mom. And, and uh, whenever we start getting those reports back, it's, uh, it's a good thing. Um, as far as what we're doing different, we, uh, we celebrate our athletes a little bit different. Uh, and I think something totally different than what anybody else is doing here in Southern Arizona. It's through uh, many of our traditions that, uh, that we have put in place. Now, it's something that we didn't do in Cal Allen. We didn't have uh, as many traditions uh, down there. But out here, I wanted something a little bit different. I had to embrace what kids these days like to see and incorporate that into our system. So, like, uh, we've got a touchdown train horn that goes off every time we score a touchdown. Whenever there's a defensive celebration, we have something called the, uh, the captain's bell where the entire defense goes off the field and rings the bell. And then there's a special teams uh, celebration as well. So it's building all of those things together uh, that we think are very different. Uh, the way we celebrate our athletes, we got a football information director at our school that uh, 
I, I handpicked and I said, look, this is what we want you to do. We want you to celebrate our athletes and get, get them some recognition on all the various uh, social media outlets. So that and, and keeping good liaison with with uh, newspapers, radio stations and whatnot. So what we're doing in a sense is we are taking the college atmosphere and bringing it down to the high school setting. And once we, you know, we believe this and our kids are really starting to turn to is that whenever that happens, we have all these little groups of energy. We're building a synergy that, uh, that creates a buzz in the community. And I think we're doing a pretty good job with that so far. Well, certainly are, Coach. Uh, I'm excited to see, see how successful you guys are, man. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, uh, the triple option? Um, you could have gone um, any way, any direction you really wanted to uh, with your program, but, but why the triple option? Uh, uh, why does it fit perfect with your team? So let's uh, let's dive back to uh, Cal Allen High School again, and I thought that the I thought that the wing was the end all be all. Every offense, uh, if if they weren't wing T and if they weren't double tight wing T, then then it wasn't any good at all. Then uh, when I took my first coaching job out in Freer, Texas, I saw this weird looking formation where they actually put guys next to the sidelines instead of next to the tackles, and I thought you guys must be crazy. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, well, how come you don't have two two or more guys in the backfield? You just got one guy sitting behind the quarterback, and, boy, that's going to tip off everybody. And, and lo and behold, they were kind of running a uh, running a system that I wasn't I wasn't even akin to. So it, it was a huge, huge learning curve for me and trying to – to piece the wing tee into what they did. And, and then I was told by one of the coaches that was there by the name of Kevin Shamel. He said, uh, he said, you know, it's just a little bit different. We don't need, uh, we don't need big kids to get this done. And when, when we're looking at the type of kid that was out in Freer, Texas, these are ranch kids. They were working their tails off during the summertime. They were cutting cattle. They were working fences. They were riding horses. They were not in the weight room. So to have our coach uh, say the first year I was there that none of our kids are going to show up to work out because they're out there working uh, working in the ranch. I didn't think they were going to come back strong at all. When they came back, they were what he called ranch strong. So it was being able to take uh, that athlete and put him into a system that where we didn't need that, that, that double team block for a count of five and drive, drive, drive. It was – Make your block, get to the second level. Make your block, get to the third level. So it was after that first game that I was completely sold. I was the offensive line coach, and you know I was teaching them wing T principles and a uh, and a and an option system, and and then I got kind of got schooled a little bit on you don't need to have them drive that far. You're wasting blocks. Let them go to the next level because if that guy is whipping the tail out of your tackle, then why are you wasting time blocking him? Well, that was unheard of for me. We never ran any option in the wing T system. I mean, we might have flirted around a little bit with a little bit of midline, but that was that was crazy talk, you know. If it, if we didn't have a double team at the point of attack, a kick out and lead it back through and pull a guard, then by gosh, it wasn't good football. <laughs> so <laughs> um, to be able to grasp that concept of if you are 
utilizing one of your guys to block somebody and you know he's going to get beat, don't block him, read him. So when I finally saw the light was uh, was that year with, uh, with Kevin Shamel, and he sold me. He sold me, and I, I thought, you know, we don't need big kids. Big kids is the icing on the cake for us, and we did just – Absolutely great. I'm, I'm talking about having a center that was six foot, 170 pounds. You know, uh, I think the biggest guy on our team was 220 pounds. He was a tackle, and we moved the football. Uh, you know, it took uh, more than anything. It was, it was an attitude. It was an attitude. And watching these kids embracing the system and uh, and going into it. That that was a beautiful thing. That they they were absolutely sold on the system. They, they were sold on the process and the progress of the team. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything but looking forward from there. So that's where I continued going on. Uh, you know, for the, the words of my, my head coach, he goes, you know, not everybody is going to be able to run what we do. You're not going to have that type of kids. Just like these days, everybody wants to throw the football around and wants to, to have uh, air raid and they want to go do seven on seven. We went to – we played one game of seven-on-seven, seven, and I haven't heard one gripe yet. Our kids want to get the ball pitched to the perimeter and want to run. So I think we're doing something good out there, and I think we're on the right path. Well, Coach, that's, that's, uh, that's a great story. I, I think it probably uh, weaves its way towards our next question because – you know, I know when you took over out there, it was, uh, or it may, you know, your area, your neighboring teams are flipping that ball around pretty good. So, you know, how are you able to get that that current generation of kids you've got, you know, to buy into to your option football principles, and you know, particularly with the me generation, and you know, and, and a lot of stuff that you just talked about with seven on seven. You know, how do you how are you able to get it done, bud? You know, it's uh, – I, I would say that out here a, a lot of folks like uh, like that seven-on-seven. Seven. I mean, my – I don't like saying my team. It's not my team. It's our team. Uh, the team uh, last year and in the, in the, in the years prior were a uh, an air raid team. And, you know, I looked at those boys right in the eyes and I said, look, what I'm getting ready to bring you – is going to be something that you've probably never uh, you've never thought of, something that you think will never work, something I'm sure your mom and dad and everybody in the stands are going to cuss at. Uh, but I'm, I want you to watch some videotape. You watch some videotape from 1996, 1997 from kids that look just like you, kids that are your size and maybe even smaller. And I want you to watch what we did versus bigger kids. And it was showing them a little bit of videotape. It was – it was teaching them that, you know, we've got a better shot on the ground than we do in the air. You know, we'd rather gain one yard than make the pass incomplete and uh, not gain any yards at all. So it was. And they haven't had much success uh, there in the past, correct? So going back uh, four years, they were a uh, – the team was great. They were under uh, a coach by the name of uh, Coach Rodriguez. Uh, they were 10-0 team going to the playoffs. 
and he was a he was a pistol veer kind of uh, kind of kind of setup. They were a pistol veer kind of setup, and he ended up leaving to Oceanside, California, and the coach that uh, that took over his uh, his son played for I think Sonny Dykes over at uh, the U of A. Yeah. And uh, he learned the air raid system from him. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I, uh, I in no way mean to degrade anybody that uh, that was coaching before. It, I just thought that the uh, the kids needed uh, a little bit different system. And uh, looking at those type of athletes, I didn't really think that they were a uh, an air raid type of offense. So, but you know, I coached in that system with them. I went back and learned. Uh, you know, for all the option guys, they'll probably love me for saying this. I had to stomach my way into learning the uh, air raid system. And it was almost kind of like, you know, one of those. But uh, <laughs> kept my mouth shut. Yes, sir. No, sir. Got Do what I got to do. Teach up the linemen. Coach them up. And then, uh, you know, whenever the, the move was made, I, I knew I knew right from day one. Uh, I said, look, if I'm, if I'm going to go get this job, we're running triple. And it was teaching these kids from day one that we are going to throw the ball over the head of the defense if they want to come stick their nose down in there. Because there was a big misconception, boy. Kids were talking. The community was buzzing. They said, oh, we're never going to throw the football. Never going to throw the football once. And I said, well, if that secondary wants to come put their nose in there, then I'm going to show you what we do. And and then I started showing them 312, 313 verticals, do pass, switch, and they were going, my God, that guy's wide open. And I've got a uh, – I've even got a standing a standing bet with any of our quarterbacks that the first pass that they throw, that there's the first play-action pass that they're going to incomplete it. It's going to either be a duck – it's going to be a duck and it's going to land at their feet or they're going to throw it up over their head. The kid's going to be so wide open. And uh, it's, a, it's a hamburger bet is what we got, so – Teaching these kids, I, I, I guess it was showing them in the past what has worked, proving it to them on the field, showing them on the dry erase board how easily these things are, and, and actually teaching these kids that we don't need big blocks anymore. The, and, and we say that the best block is that block that's made a split second before the ball passes them, and then continuing on to the next level. So many examples out there. They can go to, they can go to YouTube. They, Plenty of stuff on uh, on uh, on mesh point chat stuff. I show them off on off of Telegram and just great examples showing a, a huge mismatch and saying, "Look, these guys are winning." Whenever you try to show them stuff like from Navy and saying, "Look, these guys are going to have a weight requirement at the end of the year, or they got a weight requirement in order to, to get uh, to stay not eligible, but but they've got a weight requirement." And look, look at whenever Navy plays Notre Dame. Well, look how big Notre Dame's kids are as compared to what Navy has. Sure. And great, great examples. They're, they're out there. So showing them, teaching them, it's the constant reinforcement that uh, what we're doing is the way to go. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't heard any talk at all about the uh, about air raid. Now, they might say it in small circles, but they don't say it around me. And if I don't hear it, then I'm – I'm thinking we're doing the right thing. All the coaches are reporting back that the kids are loving it, especially those uh, those A backs. They love getting out on the perimeter and going. 
Right. I don't. I don't want to come across as you know uh, making this out that you're anti-pass. You know what I mean? Because when I think of Don Watt, man, one thing I think about is run and shoot. You know what I mean? I mean, for for heaven's sake, you name your son Mouse. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, talk, talk, hey, let's 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 get on a little bit of a different note here and uh, talk about the run and shoot a little bit, coach. Because teams that show up thinking that you're just going to run the ball down their throat, which you will, right? Are going to be in uh, uh, have a big misunderstanding when that ball, you know, you're throwing the ball for touchdowns over their head, man. Because you're a run and shoot guy, uh, and that's for sure. Talk a little bit about that, coach. Well, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, my middle son's name is Mouse. Uh, that, that's not his given name, but that was his nickname uh, that we've been giving him ever since. And even the kids on the football team call him Mouse. And, and uh, I, I fell in love with the run and shoot. It, it, uh, again, I'll, I'll harken back to Cal Island High School. If we threw the ball three times a game, boy, we threw it three times too many. If it wasn't uh, 48, uh, 49 sweep and 34 power and, 34G, uh, you know, it wasn't right football. Then we go out to, to Freer, Texas, and then we're, we're running go pass and choice and hook and slide and gangster pass. And I'm sitting there going, what are y'all doing throwing this ball in the air? And, you know, I was anti-pass. I got to be honest with you. I, I did not like it. I wanted to run the ball uh, through and through. And, Again, I'll, I'll go back to, uh, to Kevin Shamel. Kevin Shamel, uh, he was at a school called Gregory Portland High School, and they were our rivals way back when, whenever I was playing. And I heard uh, Coach Danaher and Coach Clyburn one day sitting there talking about them. And they said, hey, uh, that's some mouse stuff they're running right there. Like, mouse? What's mouse stuff? And that's, that's when the wheels started turning a little bit. What's – what is mouse stuff? I wanted to, you know, not so much drink the Kool-Aid. I just wanted to know to get educated. And it took quite a few years for me to finally find the guy. However, you know, he ended up coaching with me. And my gosh, we sat there and talked forever. And I did the best I could sitting there just nodding my head going, yes, I understand what you're saying, but inside I still want to run the football. And it was him that, uh, it was him that kind of told me, look, if you like option football, we're going to be, we're going to be running option football in the air. And I sat there and looked at him like he had a grape growing out of his head. And I said, what in the world are you talking about? And, you know, it was through a couple of, uh, couple of uh, libations and some long coaching sessions that he uh, started turning me a little bit. And, you, you know, when you're, when you're an offensive line coach, I mean, you're sitting there looking at how – you're watching your boys block. You want to make sure your, your kids are – your kids are blocking, and, you know, next thing you know, this ball's getting thrown to this kid that's just wide open. And you kind of reverse it back, and you go, man, what, what play are you running there? And he goes, well, that's go pass. We're running go. And, well, maybe I ought to learn a little bit about that. Maybe I should have – maybe I need to go look back into the notes. So I just kind of touched the, uh, the outer limits with uh, – <laughs> with run and shoot with him. And then we ended up going to the uh, Texas A&M Coaches Clinic in Bryan, Texas. This was before all of the Glazer Clinics and, and whatnot. And uh, again, you can learn a bunch of stuff and all the clinic talks, but 
in my experience, I'll just leave it at that. In my experience, I think the best clinic talks are those that were made in the bar and you learned off of, uh, you learned off a napkin that had a, uh, that had a condensation ring on the bottom and you had to write your notes around it. And, and, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. There was two guys. I still don't even know their name, but we talked for, Oh my gosh. We must've talked for like six hours about go past and what to do versus cover three, what to do versus cover two and why they do this and that and why they run the switch off of it. And, you know, I was sold and I went back and talked to uh, Kevin Shamel and I said, Hey, have you, uh, you ever thought about this? He goes, hell coach, we already run that. I don't know what that even, what you, you already do that. You just done wasted your time. If you would have asked me or if you would have paid attention, that's what we're doing already. Um, so I found uh, great pleasure and, uh, and finally learning a little bit of that. And then it started going into reading books and listening to people talk and, um, more than more than that, it was the school buying the uh, the Mouse Davis tapes, and whenever they bought those Mouse Davis tapes, I was glued. I was glued to it. I even had uh, one of my other coaches come up to me, going, "Coach, what are you watching?" So I'm watching Mouse Davis right here, and he goes, "You're an offensive line coach. What the hell are you doing watching Mouse Davis?" And I said, "I can't get enough of this stuff. This is uh, this is." This is option in the air. This gives us a uh, this gives us a chance. It gives us an opportunity, and simple simple enough as uh, as playing hide and go seek or you know I really can't say the other game that we uh, used to play as kids. But you know you go up and you go up and tag somebody and you know you got to run away from them. And it was it's simple. The concept in my mind is if the defender's right here, go away from him. <laughs> Don't go into the defender. And, man, I saw that, and I just I just said, man, I can't believe that we're throwing the ball, and it's an uh, option in the air. It gives us a chance. It lets us have, you know, this will tell you how much football has evolved over the years. We don't really say we got the chalk last anymore. I guess we can say we have running the run and shoot gives us the marker last, if you will. Right. And so when our kids out in uh, Sarita first saw that, they went, man, we really are going to throw the ball. And I said, absolutely. And it was during the summer that uh, that we start off running our inside veer and we couple it with running our, uh, our go pass. And we drill it into their head, go pass, go pass, go pass. Because in my estimation, uh, go pass is the seat. It is the root of, of everything run and shoot for me. Uh, you will find elements in every other pass uh, that we run in go pass. So making that transition and seeing how, how much it transitioned to option on the ground and option in the air and the kids liking it and, and then dispelling the rumor that we'll never run the ball was an easy transition for us. Uh, we're having a lot of really good success right now with it at practice. Uh, the quarterbacks, you know, having to, the quarterbacks actually thinking, man, we are really going to throw the ball. And I said, yeah, you'll throw the ball. You know, don't get me wrong. We'll throw the football. And I, I, I wish I could I wish I wish could just plant y'all at practice and, and be able to see the smile on the quarterback's faces when they say, we're not going to have to read number one. And I go, well, yeah, you're going to have to read number one, but it's going to be a number one at second level or third level. And, uh, you know, it's been a great thing for us. 
love it. And I, and I, and I won't go back to, you know, you might have some newfangled system that comes out and people are coming out with new stuff that, you know, arguably has run and shoot principles in it. And I don't think that there's a better meshing if, you know, pardon the pun, I don't think that there's a better meshing than having run and shoot in the air and uh, an option game on the ground. I think it's the, I think it's the, uh, the future, to be honest with you. I think to be able to couple both of those together, once you can find that, that harmony of having both of those that that's where, that's where the game's going to end up going. I tell you, you know, you watch Georgia tech or Navy play on a Saturday. I mean, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're, they, they have their run and shoot paired up with the with, with triple option. People right. don't realize that, but that, that that that's what's going on. And I also wanted to mention uh, uh, Coach McLeod on Flexbone Nation. You did an article for him, so you guys get over there and check that out. Uh, uh, Don wrote an article on the choice uh, concept, and it's it's fun. It's it's fantastic. He's even got a little video. You guys make sure you go by there and check that out. Yeah, it turned out great, Don. You did a great job. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, I've been around a little bit, but you were the first person I'd ever heard sort of uh, talk about run and shoot as an option in the air concept. Um, and I, I thought that was a great way to explain it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. But, I, I you know, uh, I hadn't – I guess maybe just hadn't put two and two together on it that way and uh, was able to really think of it like that uh, moving forward. And uh, I think it's a great compliment uh, to option football, just like you said. And I think that, um, you know, it's an easy explanation to a kid who's already, you know, asked to read one or read two or, you know, you know, you just take that, those same principles and those same concepts and apply them to passing schemes and, you know, I think, you know, our kids are having fun with it, too. So, you know, I think you did a great job. And, of course, you know, Tony Tony did the article on the go. And, and that, you know, that that next article you did was a great compliment. And I know a lot – we got a lot of positive feedback on those two articles because I think option coaches, you know, weren't really looking at it as an option concept. You know what I mean? And I think when they realized that's what it really is, they were like, oh, wow, I can – I can do that. So that, that was awesome. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll apologize to everybody in advance if you haven't read the uh, if you haven't read my article. It is uh, prophetically verbose, but you know, I, well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Now you gotta. I mean, you have to be because I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go. I don't want to say it's, it's not complicated at all. That's that's not what I'm trying to say, but. There's a lot of coaching points that you got to cover. You know what I mean? And Lots once of nuances. Now you're rolling. You know you don't. It's not like you got a bunch of secondary teaching to do. So so I mean you know I I think kind of had to be that way. To be honest with you. Right. And and again if uh, if if y'all haven't read uh, for the listeners out there if y'all haven't read Tony's article first, please 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 go read go first before you jump into uh, choice. And, uh, you know, as you start your journey, if that's where you're wanting to go in the, uh, in the run and shoot world, you will find that uh, nearly every single route concept has a seam read in it. It has variations of go in, uh, in it. So read Tony's first uh, and, then, uh, and then go take a nap and then grab <laughs> energy and then 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I was showing it to, to a couple of coaches uh, out here, and, and I said, hey, coach, have you finished reading the article yet? You know, what would you think about it? And they said, oh, we're down to the 31st paragraph. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're right. And it, it's – I think you have to get nuanced. Uh but I, I think it would do a disservice to the reader if we didn't put in the nuances of the route, especially when it came to cover one and uh, what we do versus uh, do, do versus a single side receiver. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean that you always have to run choice concept out of a three by one. You can run choice out of two by two. And, you know, there's all kinds of great stuff out there. You can just let your mind go wild and, and then, Boy, what happens when you tag it with switch and swap and, you know, all these other tags. And it's a, it's the same play for the kids. Just like and, – and this is how we translate it. We say, look, if we run uh, – let's say we're running 12 and 13, our, uh, our inside veer, and we have uh, – we tag it with the, with the concept that tells the tackle to switch assignments with the uh, play side A. Well, that looks like something totally different to the defense. They have to plan for that. Right. Well, we do the same thing through the air. It's the same concept. And uh, uh, like Matt, you said it just, just like that. It's the same principles, but through the air. The kids meld into it uh, very easily. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I hope it, uh, I hope it uh, goes off uh, like a winning lotto ticket. And, uh, you know, the, the future will – We'll see in the future how everything goes. Well, you know, I think it's very innovative, to be honest. And I, you know, I will say, you know, Paul Johnson's been around it for a while, but but I don't think he's ever drawn the assimilation to uh, to option principles like you did, which that was like the light bulb moment for me, you know. But um, well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say that if you're even be mentioned in the same sentence as that man, the Godfather is uh, is quite an honor for me. And uh, goosebumps, I guess you could say. You got goosebumps and going, wow, that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. So I, got, I appreciate that. You got PJ and DW. You know what I mean? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, well, Doc, we'll listen, man, I want to switch gears a little bit. I, I know um, – I, I don't know how much you can go into it because, you know, I, I'm not into the intricacies of uh, Border Patrol and, and ICE and all the different stuff from today. But I, I think you have a unique story to tell. Um, you know, a, a, a different way of becoming a head coach. In other words, most of the time you think of teacher, coach, um, you don't think of, you know, Border Patrol supervisor, head football coach. And, and I know there's some life lessons that you can bring from that discipline into football. Uh, so just talk to us, you know, like I said, I want to compromise national security or anything, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but just, you know, talk about how you've gone from teacher coach to Border Patrol supervisor, head football coach. Wow, what it, it's a it's a quite interesting story. I uh, so I was the uh, 
assistant offensive coordinator at uh, assistant offensive coordinator and uh, an offensive line coach at Freer High School and and uh, I was given a test one day we were in uh, in geography class and you know I was sitting back and had my had my sunglasses down had my had my cowboy hat on yes we actually do that in Texas um, and I was given a test and and uh, I was I was kind of doing doing the number where it looks like you're kind of nodding off a little bit. And I saw this girl kind of reach over and it's like she's trying to trying to get some answers on on the test that we were given. And even though my even though my head was down and my glasses were on, I was kind of doing that to her, you know. I, I could I was staring right at her and as soon as she went over and tried to get the answers to the test, I jumped right out of my chair, walked right over, took her test, and it was part of school protocol that uh, whenever we had that type of honor violation that we needed to uh, have a parent-teacher conference. Um, so whenever I had my off period, I went over and pulled a parent card and, and uh, the name that was on there, you know, won't say the name, but I uh, ended up calling the, uh, calling the name or calling the number and they said, uh, Freer Border Patrol Station. I said, hi, I need to talk to Mr. Mr. XYZ. And they said, hang on one second. Hey, Chief, telephone call. And uh, he ended up being the uh, ended up being the patrol agent in charge of uh, Freer Border Patrol Station. And and I said, sir, I need to chat with you a little bit about your daughter, about what went on. And he said, sure, come on over, let's talk. And and uh, we talked maybe for two minutes about. Uh, about what his daughter had done and we talked for about 45 minutes about joining the border patrol um my family dynamics are all in uh, the marine corps and 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 law enforcement and i always wanted to be a police officer just like dad uh he, he was the he was my uh he was my guiding light he was my principal but finding a love of football and through various things that's happened in my life. That was my outlet to, uh, to carry foresight. So I actually fell in love with football and, and I thought, you know, my, that'd be great if I could go and go and get into law enforcement and I could finally live out this dream. And, but at the same time, it means that I've got to stop what I'm doing football wise. So it was either one thing or another. And, uh, and to be honest with you, whenever I was talking to the, the chief, I said, well, how much money do you make? And he, uh, he slid across what's called an LES or a, a, a leave and earning statement. And I looked down at the leave and earning statement and I said, boy, sign me up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I am ready to go. So it was uh, roughly about a year and a half later, the process to get into the border patrol at that time was very, very lengthy. Uh, taking uh, quite a few number of tests. And, you know, at the same time while I'm doing this, I'm still teaching and coaching. It was stuff that we uh, we did during the off time, uh, during off season. And, you know, the Border Patrol came calling and they offered, uh, they offered uh, Nogales, Arizona or Ajo, Arizona. And I said, hey, how about Freer, Texas? That'd be great considering they got a Border Patrol station there and I don't have to move across the country. And they said, well, you can either take uh, Nogales, Arizona, or forget about it. So ended up taking Nogales, Arizona. Had to leave behind uh, leave behind the sport that I love the most through a lot of tears and having to, to look at all the kids that, uh, that we had influence on back then. 
uh, kids that I still have relationships with now. They're grown adults and, and uh, you know, trying to hold back tears when I talk about them. What a bunch of great kids. And, you know, I still get together with them whenever I go back down. But coming out to Southern Arizona and finally in the Border Patrol, I'm in my first year. And uh, one of my supervisors says, hey, we heard that you were a football coach. And uh, the football coach over at uh, Nogales High School wants to talk to you. And come to find out, he was in the uh, Yo system over at uh, over at University of Houston. So, boy, did we have a chat. We again over quite a few libations and napkins on the table. It's funny how that kind of happened all over again. But you know, throughout the time that uh, that I was in the Border Patrol, I still always had this burning desire to learn, to learn, to learn. And if it was still going to uh, coaches' clinics finding something, finding one, people going, what school are you affiliated with? And I go, I'm unaffiliated. And I didn't want to tell anybody I was with the uh, Border Patrol because it just didn't really meld well. Um, I coached for that school uh, one year. I was his co-offensive coordinator. Uh, consulted for two other schools. And then this job popped up over at uh, over at Sarita High School where they said uh, they needed an offensive line coach. And I went, man, I love the way that sounds. Let's go to work. I didn't care what system it was. I had no idea what system that they ran. I, I went and it was, and the, the funny part about this is our next door neighbor, it was senior night. And they said, hey, come on out and go watch a football game. And at that football game, uh, they ended up winning, but four of their kids got kicked out and four of the other team's kids got kicked out. It was a big brawl. And, and I sat there and looked at my wife and she goes, uh, what are you doing? And I said, I got to go. I've got to go. This team needs help. I, I, I got to do whatever I can. And she goes, don't do it. Don't do it. And I went walking right down to the field. I talked to a couple of people that uh, knew the head coach. And I said, if you need anybody to coach football. I don't care what position. You could have me coaching freaking wide receivers. I'll go out and learn how to teach wide receivers because they're, and you know, in my book, they're nothing but wide tackles anyhow. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's what we tell the boys out here too. You're a wide tackle until you catch a football. And then once you catch a football, you can call yourself a wide receiver. So, um, uh, he said, yeah, we need an offensive line coach. And I said, boy, here we go. And I was, uh, I was happy as happy, happy as happy could get. And, uh, I, uh, even though I didn't agree with all the things that were going on with the program, I, uh, liked the head football coach. I thought he was a, uh, thought he was a great dude. Uh, and he was, uh, I believe he resigned from his position after three years and I said here's my chance here's my chance I got a lot of kids that were coming up to me saying coach are you going to come coach football again it was parents coming up to me saying coach are you going to coach football again it was that year that I was out of coaching that I was sitting in the stands and parents would turn around and look at me and say you should be out there coaching those kids you shouldn't be up here in the stands so you know to to, to hear that from the, the parents really, uh, really told me where I needed to be. So whenever the job opened up, uh, you know, I had a lot of uh, coaches that have been coaching football for probably longer than I have. I think there was somewhere around 30, 
30 coaches. And it was a mindset that uh, I had in my head right when I dropped my, my resume or my name in the hat that I saw myself as a head football coach of that team. Uh, every waking minute that I had was planning for the success of the football team. And I said, you know what, if, even if I don't get it, then I will go to wherever the head coach is and I will offer offer myself as an assistant to him. And as, uh, as luck of the draw would have it, uh, you know, I had a great interview. Uh, I, I, you said you said you said I heard you I hear you guys run the Navy offense and you said nope. <laughs> I wouldn't say they run our offense. That's right. That's what I said. I uh, you know what <laughs> you know that, you know I, and I'll say that's that's probably big headed of me to say that and then, yeah, I love uh, it. I love it. That, well, that was that was uh, that was one of the the people in the interview. They said, "Hey, we heard you uh, you run that Navy offense," and I said, "Nope." Don't run that at all. I said, well, we heard that. And I said, well, Navy Navy runs our offense. So if you want to see what we do, go watch Navy on, on Saturday. <laughs> you know, I, that's horrible. That's going to come back and bite me. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, yeah probably. But, um, you know, I, uh, I I didn't go into that interview as uh, – I, I didn't go into the interview as a – I, I didn't interview as a head coach. I, uh, I interviewed because I have a vision for a program and how to build young men and how to make them into uh, productive members of society. And, and they liked what I presented and we're pushing forward with it. And, you know, everything up to this point has been, uh, has been beautiful. And I knock on wood and, you know, we've had a couple of setbacks when it comes to, to injuries and whatnot, one yesterday, but uh you know, uh, th- that's kind of point A to point Z, where we get from catching a girl cheating on a test to uh, going to Glencoe, Georgia for six months of my life and out to southern Arizona, then bouncing here and around and everywhere and, and maintaining liaison with uh, different coaches like Jerry Campbell and and whatnot and and just talking to people. You know, a lot of people want, they want to talk about air raid, so – you go walking around these little coaches circles and you kind of get to pick your, pick your Avenue where you want to uh, want to sit there and listen. And then you finally, you finally hear these guys off in the corner. There's only a couple of them. They're standing off in the corner, you know, not around everybody else. And they're kind of looking over their shoulder, you know, very cautiously. Drinking lamentations and drawing on napkins. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and you go, you go, walk up to them, and you say, "Hey, uh, what, what are y'all uh, talking about over here?" And you know, they'll look you up and down and go, "Well, we're talking about the option you uh, air raid guys need to go over there." And oh no, 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 no! I'm I finally found my uh, finally found my blood type. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that that's the journey that uh, got me from point A to point Z, and. And, you know, there are a, a, a lot of principles, especially whenever we, uh, we talk about the, the Border Patrol Academy and things that we learned in the Border Patrol Academy. There's a lot of things that happened there that we translate into what we do as a football team. And uh, obviously, we, there's nothing political about it. It's, you know, we don't talk about immigration. We talk about teamwork and and how you build a team and the importance of team and the next man up mentality and a culture of competency. 
and becoming a uh, team of significance. And all of those little tiny things, that, I mean, even, even just in the culture of competency itself, we, we have to take a test where well, we had to, you don't have to do it anymore, where you would have to uh, read a sentence in English. You would have to translate it in your head into Spanish to the prompter. He would uh, answer you in Spanish, and then you would have to translate it in your head and write out his answer in English. We take that type of mentality when we're talking about a culture of competency to these kids, and we say, look, whenever you're not in and you hear the play, you know exactly the, what, you know, you know what your rule is. So your living example is sitting right in front of you. So you know that if, if you are a left tackle and it calls for you to veer inside, that that example in front of you is going to veer inside. If he doesn't veer inside, then you know something's wrong. Well, that kind of takes us into a subset of our peer-to-peer teaching where we have the kids checking their brothers, and we as coaches are sitting there as that third person being able to listen and make sure that those kids are telling each other the right thing. I mean, you know, not a lot of time to sit there and, and gripe and scream at these kids whenever everybody knows what you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, but it's that same type of mentality of the, uh, that Spanish test that these kids are, that these kids are doing. And, uh, it works out very well. I mean, you think of it like this, put yourself back in a, back in a 17 year old shoes. Would you rather have your teammate come up and correct you? Or would you rather have a uh, foaming at the mouth, pissed off line coach out there jumping on you, chewing you upside one, up one side and down the other? Me personally, I kind of like the uh, kind of like my offensive line coach chewing on me. I, that's just me, though. Uh, but I believe young men these days like uh, like getting prompted and cued from uh, from their teammates, from their brothers. And it's that brotherhood that we uh, we continue to grow. We got a, uh, a big brother and little brother program where all varsity players adopt a freshman uh, football player and. Gosh, man, you remember what it was like your first day of high school and you're a freshman. You don't know what class F-103 is. And, you know, your big brother kind of carries you around and shows you the ropes. And, you know, brotherhood is growing. Moms have got mob shirts where they say uh, motherhood of the brotherhood, kind of like Navy does. And great to see that. Great to hear moms and dads saying thank you for doing whatever it is you're doing with my son because – He's a totally different kid. He's cleaning up his room. He's saying, yes, sir, no, sir. He's putting away the dishes. And he say, uh, you know, can he stay at your house? And I'm like, no, man, you cannot. No, man, you cannot. I got, uh, I got enough right here, enough of my own. I got mouse and rabbit here. And, and uh, they, uh, they're, they're a handful as it is. Well, you, there's no question in my mind. You, you're already a, a success there at the uh, – at the high school coach, uh, you know, you guys haven't even played a game yet, man. I'm uh, rooting for you uh, this season, man, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on with us today, coach. Man, it's been a real pleasure. I, you know, I've said it in the uh, I said it in the article uh, too that next to coaching football, being able to talk to coaches and uh, the love of teaching in itself is what really draws me into the game so if I can't coach kids to be able to sit there and talk to coaches and pick brains and say hey think outside the box that's uh that's the next thing to gold for me and uh, I appreciate both of y'all for giving me the opportunity to come on and talk and about our program and things that we're going to be doing out here in southern Arizona and I look uh look forward to the future 
Nah, Coach, I appreciate it, man. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, again, wish you the best of luck, bud. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our MeshPoint podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at TheMeshPoint. Again, on Twitter, at TheMeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, why don't you let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to 3Face Football on Twitter, at 3Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.